I am thankful that he has healed me from that. But it was just a byproduct of the transformation that he has been doing in my life, helping me to see the truth and to stay rooted in the truth and to walk out um, this walk of confidence and authority in him. Hello and welcome to Healing Trauma Mamas. I'm your host, Madon Wingo. Thank you for joining us as we share in our stories and experiences of healing from childhood traumas and birth traumas. Listen as we discuss our struggles, our failures, our strengths and our victories, and all those lessons we've learned along the way. I want to preface today's podcast episode with saying, I'm not a medical professional. I am not your doctor. I'm not even your chiropractor. I am just a mama who has had a lot of experiences, and I am here today to share those experiences with you all and the experiences of others. And I really pray that my experiences might help you in some way. And if you get anything out of it, then glory to God for that. I'm very thankful to have this platform and be able to use it in order to share my story and share many others' stories to help other women in the same situations. And I just want to say that um, if you are having any medical issues or any issues that you are needing uh, help with, please seek out help, but seek help from somebody who understands where those issues truly come from and they can help you get free from those. If you need help finding a provider like that, please reach out to me. I'd be glad to help you with resources. And that being said, now to the podcast. Good morning, Healing Trauma Mamas. Thanks for joining us again today. I get to have a special guest today that I'm just so excited about the conversation that we're going to have. This is kind of going to be um, uh, getting to know my friend Nicole, um, and also a little bit more about my journey and what's kind of happened lately. So, Nicole, do you mind introducing yourself? Sure. I am Nicole, and I actually met Madon through Veritas, a functional medicine clinic in Lubbock. Um, but I'm a mama of four kids and a wonderful husband, and we've sort of been on this journey um, of functional medicine and really just leaning into what the Lord would have for our family for about the last 10 years. Before that, I was saved and knew the Lord, but just really had a lot of rigidity, like religious rigidity that wouldn't allow me to see things maybe as true mm. and so I've it's just been life-changing and I'm excited to share with you guys today yeah thanks for coming on I love that you said that um because that is an absolute something that's occurred in our lives too I feel like our family's life has changed so much um, recently. I did speak on the podcast before about going to see a new doctor, and that's Dr. Bennett Veritas that um, Nicole was mentioning where um, she uh, works and gets to pour into people's lives. And um, that being stuck in a particular way of thinking or line of thinking that we've been raised in 
um, can go in so many different ways. But even talking religion, that was something that I struggled with, too, just trying to kind of step out of those that box that we put God in. Right. <laughs> and let him yes. work in the way that, you know, he wants to without us giving him restrictions. Yes. So how um, I'd love to know a little bit more about your history, if you don't mind sharing and, and just kind of um, personal, if you don't mind going there, just kind of what led you into looking at this holistic functional mindset. So it's kind of a funny story, but um, we, my husband and I were best friends with Dr. Ben and his wife, Jamie. And, you know, I'm from post and that was where his first clinic was. My mom was actually his office manager when he was the doctor there. And so we met like that, but we spent several years, you know, just really having um, a close friendship hanging out together and have, you know, just great relationship. Well, when he decided to do functional medicine, we stayed friends, but I was, you know, we were sort of like, that's just a little overboard. (laughs) (laughs) So I can love you, but keep your crazy over there. Yeah. Like, come (laughs) on, this is crazy. Um, but we of course continued our relationship, maybe just not as close because we both moved, they moved and out of post and we moved for my husband's first principal job out of post. And slowly I had just had, um, my fourth baby and slowly she started getting chronically ill with ear infections. And before you know it, we went several months in a row with ear infections and an anti- a new antibiotic every month. And I remember getting two sets of tubes and literally her infection was just so thick and prevalent. It pushed the tubes out within a week or two. Mm. And so we went back to the ENT and he he basically recommended we needed to get another set of tubes, but we really need to consider doing permanent set because the infection just will have a harder time pushing those out. But in that same sentence telling us this, he casually said, but there are some risks to that. If the infection does push it out, then she could have significant hearing loss. Mm. And I think that was the first time as a mom that I stopped and thought, are we really doing what's best from our child? And, um, you know, that's really sad to say that, but I feel like the beauty of what I get to do at Veritas is working with people and really just connecting with where they are because a lot of people say, well, I'm at square one. I don't even know how to do this, how to change my lifestyle. And I always joke that um, I was like in the negative steps. (laughs) Like (laughs) I didn't even start. There was not even an awareness of me. Like people would say, eat real food, for example. And in my mind, I didn't even have a way to conceptualize that. Like I would think, well, we're not going to our kids play kitchen and getting food. Of course, we're eating real food. I literally had no idea what that meant. So um, I can just really feel where the moms who don't feel like they have the tools 
to go forward. So that is where I was. When I had that thought, there was nothing in me that thought, hmm, maybe we're not being told the whole story when we go to the doctor's office. I had no idea about any of that. But I remember taking pause at that time and thinking, is this the best thing for our child? We asked several people around, and I remember one lady telling us, it actually came through my mother-in-law from someone that she was connected to, that said, take her to a chiropractor, that they had had a little one who was having some ear trouble, and they took him to a chiropractor, and it fixed it all. And I thought, I mean, I didn't do this out loud, but I kind of rolled my eyes thinking, yeah, right, like, that's going to help. But... I was desperate enough to think, okay, if it's not going to hurt, then let's try it. So we got her an appointment with a chiropractor and he, of course, adjusted her that day, told us that there would likely be a lot of mucus in her stool or she may even throw up because her ears were just so congested. And that's exactly what happened. And I literally was mind blown. Mm. And we went back the next time. And I said, well, what do I do if her ears get infected again? And he said, oh, no big deal. You're going to continue to bring her for adjustments twice a week for a little while. If it gets infected, we're going to use colloidal silver. So I'm feeling super equipped as a mom, excited. And I go back to tell some of my family and friends about the the visit and exactly what I was going to do going forward. And I was met with, don't do that. You're going to turn her blue. What? (laughs) And so I was like, huh? So then, of course, I go to Dr. Google and try to figure out what this blue purple is. And, of course, there are stories of people making their own. Yes. Yes. Making their own silver the wrong way. Turning themselves purple. And um, so, of course, my mind was not at ease. And we decided, let's call Ben. I feel like he'll be up front with us. Maybe he can clear up this confusion. So we did make an appointment, you know, ate a piece of humble pie and called him and said, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe you're right. And had that first visit. And of course we were mind blown before we didn't even, I mean, we didn't even have an open mind enough to understand or hear what he was doing. But at this point, when you are desperate, because, which is why most people come to us, they've went everywhere else and they're desperate. Mm -hmm. Um, You have a more open mind. And once he was able to sit down and tell us the truth about how our bodies work and why this is what we should be doing, uh, I just, there was a switch that flipped in me that understood And that was almost 10 years ago, and she's 10 years old now, and she has not had another ear infection since then. Woohoo! That's awesome. So, yeah, that's kind of my background is I really started not knowing anything. A a lot of moms come to us and just say they had something in their intuition telling them that things weren't right or, you know, the food system is not like it used to be. I didn't have that. I didn't start there. So... So you had a lot of making up to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of learning to come. <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, that's great, though, that you got on that path and that you made some changes. 
Um, and yes, then it was I the best decision we made. I was going to say, did it kind of snowball from there? Yes. Um, I am an all or nothing kind of gal. Mm-hmm. So that night or maybe not that night, but the next day or that weekend, I went home and just cleaned out my entire kitchen. And I'm not saying that was the best, <laughs> the best <laughs> way to go about this because it really threw like my husband. I, I don't, really didn't know anything about detox at that time Mm -hmm. either but I also don't have detox reactions really I never have so when we changed over and I just stopped eating the things that we didn't need to eat I never felt a symptom but my husband and my oldest son did and they were so sick for a few Mm -hmm. weeks and I remember Dr. him calling Dr. Ben he was like what has she done I feel terrible and Ben was like well you know she probably could have gone a little slower (laughs) but it was like that day was the first day of the rest of our life and although there were a few tears shed in the next Mm -hmm. shopping trips and learning how to make real food and things like that I always tell people right now it is just so our normal it's our everyday life I can't even remember what we ate before Yeah, this. Like, I didn't really do a lot of, I remember thinking, I'm not feeding my kids hamburger helper because I grew up eating hamburger helper. So we didn't eat things like that and we didn't really eat out a lot, but I just don't remember like what I cooked before because this is just so much our normal now. So it's possible to change overnight. and make that conscious effort too yes yes and so I really just dove all in and I wanted to understand how to cook for my family and how when you know they get sick have the tools that I needed to help them help support their bodies and that's just like everyone's that's been a journey over time learning different things and It's been beautiful. It's brought us to a place where I feel equipped and empowered, but it didn't start. I make a joke that you can change overnight, but it really didn't start that way. I remember in our first visit, him talking about kombucha and raw milk and things like this. And my mind just couldn't go there yet. Like you're Mm -hmm. drinking fermented tea and milk straight from a cow. Um, so I just didn't deal with that at that point. You know, I just did the things that I felt comfortable with. And before you knew it, then my mind was more open to those things. And now I make kombucha every week and we drink it and we drink, you know, we get several gallons of raw milk every week. So it's just doing the things, the smaller things that you can do to change And over time, before you know it, you'll look back and you'll be miles ahead of where you were. I love it. I'm an all or nothing person, too. So I completely get it. (laughs) It's a good thing in a lot of situations, but there are some where, you know, it's it makes it a struggle for yourself and those around you. But I'm glad I'm glad that we called Ben that day. And yeah. Well, sometimes it's hard too, because especially when you're on, like you gain some understanding about something and you're on fire for it. Sometimes it's kind of hard to hold back because 
like your family didn't get that same understanding or that fire and you yes. just want to share it with them and they're just looking at you like you're a little bit crazy so yeah. we're a lot crazy <laughs> I agree we went through all of that but I will say you know we continue to do it and it's your lifestyle and I'm sure we'll get into this in a little while because it's your lifestyle that promotes people to come to you and it may take them being in a desperate situation themselves and remembering your testimony but mm -hmm. those seeds are planted and they'll come to harvest and that's exactly what happened our both sides of our family thought we were crazy but now we were talking last week about how awesome it is that when I went to Thanksgiving on both sides of my family, my husband's side and my side, we don't even have to worry about the food because both sides of the family eat real food now. Oh, I mean, I like it. they've just changed their way too, because they just saw the fruit of what happened with our youngest Emery and radically it changed their lives as well. Hmm. I love it. Transformation. Yes. Well, that kind of leads me into talking about the other types of transformation because the food aspect in our physical body is so important um, to our daily life and testimony to others and, you know, being able to feel healthy and have energy and be able to do all the things that, you know, we're called to do. Um, but there's, as I know, you know, because Dr. Ben talks about this all the time, but there's so many, uh, there's other aspects to us. It's not just the physical. We have to address the spiritual side as well and the mental. And there, that desperation that you were talking about, because yes, I've, I've been there with people desperate and myself desperate, especially about food and health and that type of thing. But then you can get into other desperate situations and I know when I shared um, my personal story here on the podcast, I'm sure most of you listeners have heard that story. If not, go back and listen to Madon's personal journey, um, kind of tell a little bit of my history. But I got to that desperate spot myself, um, even though I already had the healthy eating part down, I felt um, I didn't, I still didn't have a healthy relationship with food because of the tick disease that I had. And I was so restricted on everything and food could literally kill me. And it was a very interesting relationship, but I got to a point, which like you said, most everybody who ends up coming, it's because they got to this point of desperation where they couldn't turn anywhere else, which I think is mm -hmm. It just makes me think about scripture, too, because I'm thinking, like, you know, when do we finally come to the Lord? Well, when we finally get so desperate, realizing we can't do it, only he can do it. And yes, for some reason, we always get to that desperation first when we could have had it much easier. <laughs> yes. So I got to that desperation because I felt like I I can handle the food stuff. Sure. OK, I can't eat. Anything that comes from a mammal, any glycerin, gelatin, milk, cheese, beef. You know, everybody always uh, laughed and told me um, when I said I couldn't eat steak, they were like, I would die if I didn't have a steak. And I'd always just look at them and be like, I literally would die if I had a steak. <laughs> but um, that's okay. But I didn't even miss like big stuff like that. I miss cheese. Like that was my favorite. I miss cheese so bad. And for mm -hmm. six years, I just, I couldn't have it at all, or I would end up in the hospital or in the ER. And 
um, or laid out flat and having to take tons of diphenhydramine. And I remember looking up once because um, we had got where I had to take a, a shot of diphenhydramine, not even by mouth because I would have too bad of a reaction. And mm. we looked up at one point because I was thinking all this diphenhydramine I'm taking, like, and it was so hard for me because I'm such a health nut usually. Like most people would be like, oh, she's the person to go to to ask about health stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm taking this medicine as often as I need to because it's literally keeping me alive. And mm-hmm. I got to, I started researching about it. And I remember the thing that I found when I researched like long-term diphenhydramine use, which is Benadryl. Um, and the only side effects that I found besides your normal, you know, sleepiness and and that kind of stuff, you know, don't operate heavy machinery, you know, when you're taking it. Um, the long-term side effects was early onset dementia. And mm. I remember my husband and I kind of laughing about that because I said, well, this is the only side effect that I really found from it, you know, for long term. But, you know, it's OK because I'll at least remember you now and be with you now. I may not remember this later, but it's OK because I'm here now. <laughs> and I kind of I rationalized it, you know, like we'll we'll deal with it because because I, I need to survive right now and I need, I need to still be alive for my family. And and so I had that in the back of my mind. Um, for quite some time. And when I had gotten so severe, oh, I, I think I shared this on my personal journey before, but I had gotten so severe where I literally could not eat anything. And we ended up taking shots for every single food I ate for a long time. And I was still really, really struggling. I was still extremely malnourished and, and not, not doing well. And, um, a man I didn't know, um, he was a piano tuner and he, uh, we had called him to come tune our piano and we were, str- I was struggling so bad. Like nobody could walk into my house if they had any type of scented anything on them, you know, whether it was their laundry soap or um, if they had been in a room where pork had been cooked or if, I mean, like any sense, I would have a severe reaction. And this guy came into our house and my husband was like, you have cologne on and she's going to end up having a reaction. I can smell it. And we were struggling and and I end up having this bad reaction. So I'm laid out on the couch, taking diphenhydramine, having to use my inhaler, like all this stuff. And I'm the guy is like, do you want me to still tune the piano? I'm like, just hurry and do it. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, I need it tuned, but I need you out of my house. And I don't know how to say that. And and so he's tuning the piano and I'm just trying to I learned if, you know, you stay as calm as possible during an allergic reaction. It helps. And so I'm just doing breathing exercises and um, on the couch while he's tuning the piano and stuff. And he. He's almost done. And he he just turns around and he looked at me and he looked me straight in the eye and he just says, can I talk to you for a second? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course, you're right there, you know. And he said, I just want you to know God doesn't want you to be this way. And I looked at him in desperation and I was like, I am, you know, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. I, I believe that, too, but I am. I am this way and I don't know how to fix it right now. And he just looked at me and he said, he said, I know you don't know me, so you can take whatever I say, you know, with a grain of salt, but I will tell you, the Lord wants you to be healed and you can be healed. And most of the time he said, the things that I have learned, there's a book I want to recommend to you. It was called a more excellent way. 
um, by Henry Wright. And he said, most of the time, these type of things are rooted in something that you're storing up in your body. And I just stared at him like, (laughs) I don't even know what to say to you. Because my first instinct was, oh, you just, it's my fault. Um, Because that's been a rooted lie that I've had in my mind for so long is everything's Mm -hmm. my fault. So of course, this is my fault. And you've had I've had people that have been praying for me and praying for me and I'm not getting healed. And I've had people tell me, you know, well, if you just had more faith, if you just had more Mm -hmm. faith, it would happen. And I'm just like, how can I have more faith? I mean, I completely believe this is going to happen, but I, my reality right now doesn't look like that. Mm -hmm. And I just stared at that guy and I just was like, okay, (laughs) I didn't know what else to say. I just was like, okay. And he left and I went and looked up the book and got it ordered on Amazon right away and got it sent to my house. And it got there two days later because Amazon's amazing. Even though I'm <laughs> like, I try, I've always conflicted ordering from them, but I'm like, I literally can have it in two days and I need this right now. So um, I got the book and I started reading in it and the Lord just convicted me right then about some things. And I was like, whoa, hold on a second here. Maybe he's talking about some things that are true. So I immediately realized that I had been storing up anger and unforgiveness and that these were things that didn't do me any good and could possibly be a block um, that I was keeping, um, like, I fully believe the Lord wants to heal you completely, but sometimes we don't, we stop him from working, that we keep these, these blocks, these things that we hold on to and don't turn them over. And that I end up on my knees just in the prayer session I've never had before in my life at that time, yelling and screaming at him. And I was so frustrated. And then you know, he was showing me these unforgiveness things. And I was like, okay, you know, help me to see what I'll point out each spot, you know, shine a light on every spot that I need to work on the unforgiveness. And I don't know how to go beyond that, though, because I'm so ill. I'm so ill. And Mm -hmm. he told me at that point in time, audibly, the first time I've ever heard the Lord audibly speak And I know some people don't agree with that, but when he audibly speaks to you, you can't argue with it. Um, He said, be who I created you to be. And I was just like, how? How can I do that? I am literally laid up most of the time. Can't go out anywhere. Can't hardly take care of my children. Um, I'm so frustrated with where I am. How am I supposed to be who you created me to be? Because... It doesn't look like this, <laughs> right? Right. And he said, I'm healing you. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, if he said it, then it it's true, right? So I just took it at his word and I just said, okay, all right then, you know, clean myself up from the mess that I was at the moment and went and talked to my husband who was just in the other room. And I was like, did you hear all that? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, how did you not hear that? I'm like, I was screaming and yelling at the Lord. And he actually answered me back. And he's like, didn't hear a word. (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) I don't know how you didn't hear a word, but guess what? I'm going to start eating some food because I'm dying, basically. And the Mm -hmm. Lord said this, and I'm going to believe him, and let's do this. So I did. I ate dinner 
that night, but it again wasn't the mammal stuff. It was just regular food. It was just chicken curry. It was, you know, healthy, lots of veggies, coconut milk, delicious chicken curry. And when before at this point in time, I if I had eaten anything besides potato chips at that point, I was laid out. It was awful. Mm-hmm. So I ate that food and I did fine. And I was like, yes, this is, this is it. So I can, I can handle this. I can deal if it's just me avoiding mammal products. I can, I can handle that. Okay. I can deal with that. So at the time I wasn't even thinking, you know, I need to be free from all of this. I was just thinking, okay, Mm -hmm. I can handle this. So I went on a journey of where I, I worked on unforgiveness and I worked on anger and you know, reaching out to those I felt like I needed to reach out to and even realized I had some stuff stored up for my husband. And I got so much better. And I was so thankful. And, you know, obviously that's that gives you energy um, to to see that working and, and the Lord speaking to you. And I was so thankful for that. And, you know, would tell people, you know, the Lord's healing me, the Lord's healing me. But then we move forward. <laughs> we move forward for, well, let me think how many years. Um, that was, I got sick in 2016. 2017 was a really, really rough year. And the Lord, that was the year two later in that year, the Lord's, when he spoke to me. So then we go 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22. <laughs> so four or five years. And I had become completely accepted that this is just how things are for me, that this mm-hmm. is this is the life. And I just have to everybody knows I'm allergic to all these things. And we just have to keep my food separate from everybody else. And we just have to, you know, um, be mindful. And we can't hardly ever go eat out because I don't know if the chef is going to cook it the way I need it, you know. And we just dealt with that. But when everything happened in 2019, with the pain and the trauma that I was dealing with, I felt like some things were being stirred up. And the next year, I started working on the trauma components of the things that were coming up in my history, um, in, in, in my past. And I got to a point where I was working on that. And I'd even already started this podcast and I was working on healing from the trauma and working on healing from the pain after all the surgeries and trying to get better from that. Thinking that I'm still, this is okay. I can still handle this, right? I can, I can handle it. And never at all thinking that, hey, maybe I should expect more. Maybe... Mm -hmm. Maybe I should think about this thing that the Lord told me that he's healing me. Because I would repeat that over and over. It's it's happening. I know it's going to happen. You know, it's just, just not happening yet. And I don't know why it hasn't happened all the way, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then I came to a moment. You talk about that desperation, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that diphenhydramine thing that we talked about. I I had a moment. I had a severe moment. And I, let me preface, I knew about Dr. Ben. I knew about Veritas. In fact, when I had first got sick, I had a, a midwife suggest that I go see him. 
And I didn't. I was like, nah, you know. And then when the Lord talked to me, I was like, oh, no, this is fine. I, you know, he's he's working on this and, and you know, we, we've got this. And I didn't, I didn't go to him. I list, I started listening to his podcast and everything and still didn't ever think that, Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe he's got something there and maybe I could glean something from it. And I got to this point of desperation because that diphenhydramine long-term side effects popped up into my head several times. And I would kept thinking, oh, it's fine. That's just going to be later. That's just, you know, I'll have to deal with that in my, maybe my 60s or my 70s, you know, the early onset dementia. But don't worry about it now until I had to think about it. Because I had a moment where I was away from my home and somebody asked about my children and I started to name them off. And I got to my son, Samuel, and I said his name was Samuel. But then my brain went, is it? Is that really your son? Do you have a son named Samuel? Can you see your son Samuel in your head? And I couldn't. I mm. I, I could not rationalize and, and resolve it in my mind that that was the truth, that I had a son named Samuel, and this is what he looked like. And my brain for four hours could not figure out if that was my son and if that indeed was his name. It was awful. Mm -hmm. It was terrifying, terrifying. Mm -hmm. And when I finally got home and I got to him and I gave him a huge hug and I looked him in the face and I was like, oh, there's my Samuel. This is my son, Samuel. And I was just crying because it was so joyful that I could see him and, and knew who he was. But that scared the crap out of me mm -hmm. because this thing that I kept thinking eventually at some point I'll have to deal with, but it's way in the future and I don't have to worry about it. So I can just, you know, I'm, I'm at a good point right now and it's, it's okay. I don't have to think about it. Well, they just threw in my face that, no, this is, this is real. And you have been content to deal with this and content to stay where you are instead of that expectation of complete healing mm -hmm. so <laughs> uh so that led me to veritas because <laughs> i had been listening to one of dr ben's podcasts and somebody actually mentioned that same book that i reminded me of what the lord had told me and i was like that's it I'm not, I'm not dealing with this anymore. We're going to, we're getting this fixed all the way. This is going to get healed all the way. I just don't understand what steps I still need to take to get there. Like what, why has it not happened all the way? And I still, at the time, I remember thinking, I'm still feel like there's something, there's some block. I don't know what it is, but there is something still, you know, holding me back from mm -hmm. that full healing and then comes in that I got to meet you because when I talked to Dr. Ben, um, which was really, you know, when you're desperate, you you just want to fix, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you just, like, okay, can you fix this for me? This is my issues. This is what I got going on. It's a lot. It's a whole lot. So not only did we have the previous, you know, sexual trauma, the previous cult life. 
So the previous distorted view of God. Um, then we add on the physical injury and the physical trauma and pain that I'm dealing with. And then this tick disease that I've been dealing with for almost six years at that point. And it's a big culmination of just my body not working the way it was designed to work. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I was talking to Dr. Ben and he looked at me and I told him what I just told you about, you know, the Lord speaking to me and telling me to be who he created me to be. And Dr. Ben looked at me and said, so who is that? And I just stared at him and I didn't, I just, it was like, I couldn't speak because I was like, wait, what? (laughs) 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 So, so then I tried to, tried to think of like, Oh, what is that? Let me, let me think. And so then I start listing off things like, you know, it's, it's being a mom and, and a good wife and, and a midwife, I believe is part of that, you know? And, and I start listing off all these things that I'm thinking of. And he just looks at me and he says, I think we have an identity issue. And my mind was just kind of blown at that moment. Cause I'm like, I don't, what do you mean an identity issue? Cause I could not grasp or understand what he was talking about. It didn't make mm-hmm. sense to me. And my mom was in that appointment with me too. And when I left that appointment, she looked at me too. And she's like, I love everything he said, but I don't understand it. You know, I, I don't get that. What does he mean? Identity issue. Like I could say, well, yeah, I'm a child of God, right? I'm a believer in Christ and I'm, all these things, I but I don't understand what you're talking about, true identity. And that's when he said, you need to talk to Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I don't know who this is, but okay. And and he was like, we, we I feel like if you'll bear with me, like this is the piece that you need to work on, but talk to the Holy Spirit and see what he tells you to. And I did. And that's, and to be absolutely honest, your name is what popped up into my head Um, on the way home. And when I was in prayer at home, like what steps should I take, which he gave me a list of several directions we could go. Um, But let me know that this is where he believed was the key was the thing that I needed to, to really address first off. So I told him oh, the next day, okay, I need to see Nicole. Let's let's do this and let's see. I want to hear what she has to say. And I don't know that I actually wanted to hear what those things were. <laughs> 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 Need and want are two very different things. Um, so I, I, I that led on a journey. It led on a, a big journey. And I know one of the things that we've talked about on this podcast numerous times is getting stuck in trauma line of thinking and how when I we've had all these experiences um especially the negative experiences we tend to find ourselves in those experiences we tend to start using those as our identity Mm -hmm. and that is the piece that Dr. Ben was talking about. I'm confident of that, that I was finding my identity in, in all of these things. And that's not where it's found. Right. Right. Well, we magnify what we focus on as a man thinketh, so is he. 
And a lot of times, and I say this completely not from a place of judgment, but a lot of times when we're sick, that's all we think about. Mm -hmm. We plan our days around our sickness. We, you know, plan our future around our sickness. We can't even think about the next day without planning it around our sickness. So it's such a big part of our thinking that it's magnified to such a degree that just like you said in your story, you learn to live with it and you accept it. And that's really how crafty the enemy is. Mm-hmm. He, a lot of people think, uh, and I do think in a way religion has taught this, a lot of people think that the devil wants to make you bad. And that's not the truth. His ultimate goal is to get your thinking off. Because he knows that's the most powerful way to get you off track. Because if he can skew your thinking on who God is or who you are or the people that you surround yourself with in terms of making them the enemy, Mm-hmm. then he has you right where he wants you because you could spend a good majority in some cases, the rest of your life on a hamster wheel in yep. your own mind. And yeah, he, and he doesn't play fair. These things usually happen start in childhood and it's so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate to see what even the Christian world has endured today because of the enemy because we're so focused on sin management and we just focus so highly on that that we don't even consider that it could just be things that we've agreed with Mm. and that's gotten us off track well I, I think a big part of our focus and this is even for our whole family we've talked about this a lot lately our for so many years our focus was on don't do this the things you shouldn't do that, that, you know, we, we shouldn't do this. And we talk about, you know, getting that sin management, you know, we shouldn't do this yeah. and we shouldn't do that. And we don't do this and we don't do that. And instead of focusing on our, well, what are we called to do? You know, what, what are the things that is, is if, if we're called that, you know, to be sons and daughters of, of the Lord, that of Christ and for him to abide in us, then what are we supposed to do? What are we called to do and we hadn't Mm -hmm. focused on that for so long and i personally hadn't focused on that for so long the mindset the shift is so different and Mm -hmm. it 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 once you get that shift then it changes your complete mindset yes yes it's similar to how um, a lot of people in the church today try to bring people to the lord um, there's verse, there's a verse in the Bible that says it's the goodness of God that brings people to repentance, mm. but that's not the way we teach it. Most, most people probably have a testimony of being brought to the Lord because fear of hell, fear, yeah. basically. And, uh, I read a commentary that was just spoke so loudly to me because that's actually my story. And, There's a verse in the Bible that says fear torments. Mm -hmm. So when you're brought to the Lord through fear, then the enemy is able to torment you on every other thing that you should be worried about or you're not doing right or you're not measuring up to. 
um, where if we just stand back and teach the gospel the way it was meant to be taught, you know, gospel is almost too good to be true news. Mm -hmm. It's good news that brings people to the Lord. You tell somebody who they are, you bring them up, you tell them who they are, and you pull them up to who he's called them to be, not by telling them who they shouldn't be. (laughs) Yeah, it's supposed to be tidings of great joy. I think we miss that joy part so often and we get stuck on that mindset that we're just constantly thinking about all this. Don't do that. Don't do that. And that that fear based whenever somebody like even if any relationship you start out with fear at the at the forefront of it, that's going to affect every decision and every view you have of that person. Mm-hmm. So then every every aspect of our walk with the Lord then has some basis in that fear mentality. And that's yes. not knowing the Father. Right. That's a very skewed, distorted view of him, which I'm sure the enemy is extremely happy that we have. Yes. Yes. You're right. And that's similar to how identity works. I mean... He usually takes a childhood trauma and takes that opportunity to whisper to the person, basically, this happened because you are this. And when we are traumatized as children, we don't know any better than to agree or think, yes, it is. I always tell parents of young kids, you tell them who they are. If you were sitting, if your child was, was sitting in your lap and I ask you to tell them who they are, list some things that you would say, well, you're strong, you're beautiful, you're smart. All of these great attributes is who we should be telling our children they are. Because if you have that firm foundation and then a kid comes along and says, you're ugly, the child's going to say, no, my mom says I'm beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, like they believe you. So if we would start our kids, give them that foundation, they're going to be less likely to believe the enemy. Similarly to when the devil called Jesus, the Prince of demons. And he said, no, my father calls me the Prince of peace. Mm-hmm. That is how we shut him down. But usually he comes to us in a childhood trauma when we don't know any better. And so we agree with that. Yes, it probably is because I am whatever, whatever, you know, word. Well, he we can gives use mine you. as an example. Mine was everything's my fault. These terrible, bad things happened because I'm bad and it's all my fault. And mine was never good enough. And yeah. you spend you spend your entire if you were to have blue goggles on lenses or goggles with blue lenses what could you look at out of those goggles that wasn't blue nothing mm-hmm. everything's blue and that's how that works when he tells you you're never good enough or everything's your fault everything that you look at runs through that filter Right. Every, because, every decision you make, everything. Well, we've agreed with it so many times. It's become, in our mind, the truth, even though it's a complete, uh-huh. complete lie. 
but we uh-huh. believed it so many times over and over. So then everything that that happens to us or that we experience is based in that. So like on, for me, an example, you know, the different sexual traumas and then it, even the the tick disease, my mindset is, oh, this is my fault. I must have deserved this somehow. This is my fault. And even, you know, even the trauma after having my son, um, oh, this must somehow be my fault. So, you know, so then I'm kept under this, this strain and this weight of, hey, this is my fault. I caused this to happen. So I deserve what I'm getting right now. And that is a complete bold-faced lie. Yes, because then you just swallow it. Yep. And there, along with what he whispers, typically, there's a lie that says, if you don't want to be never good enough, then you will. And mine was, you'll be the best. You'll be perfect. You've got to be perfect. You have to be the best at everything. And that sends you on a hamster wheel of always trying to be the best in the room, thinking that if you are the best in the room, then you'll finally be good enough. But the truth is you're never good enough still. And I've spent many, many, many years of my life trying to erase that. And the beauty is, it's something that's very easy, you know, before we were saved, you said it earlier, that we come to the Lord, you know, out of desperation. I have a pastor who gives a visual of two people swimming in the ocean. As long as they're swimmers, they don't need help. It's the one that looks back and realizes he can't go forward and he can't make it back. He's a drowner and he is the one that needs salvation. That's when you cry out to the Lord. But similar to that situation, um, before salvation, we saw ourselves as sinner. And when we're saved, he surgically removes that identity from us. He takes away sinner, which is why we shouldn't focus on sin management. And he calls us son. He restores Your identity has changed. Yes, you are restored as a son. So that's an identity issue. Before salvation, you were called sinner. And now you're restored and he calls you son. It's that easy. Mm -hmm. Or any other false identity or lie that you believed. He called me never good enough. I worked, the enemy did. I worked my entire life trying to get rid of that. I just asked the Lord to take it. Like I've spent my whole life seeing myself as this. I can't remove it, but I know you can. And in turn, there's an attribute of him that you are. That he's called you. Now we have all of everything that he is in our spirits. Um, You know, you were talking about forgiveness earlier. That's a fruit of the spirit. We all have it in our spirit as saved sons and daughters. But it's hard to swallow those hard things. And I also had a pastor show me this and I thought it was beautiful. Anyone that's dealing with unforgiveness, maybe this can help you. In our humanness, we can't forgive. Like we hold records of wrongs. Obviously, many of us would agree with that. 
And when you have a serious thing, like you're, I wouldn't say, I had a pretty great childhood. So I wouldn't say that I experienced as much trauma as like your story is. I mean, you have a very traumatic childhood. So when those things are hard to forgive. We can't swallow it. We can't ask someone to swallow it. So the easiest way to lean into forgiveness is just to agree with God. His son hung on a tree for everyone's past, present, and future sins. We just come into agreement with him that they're already forgiven. He's forgiven them. And that really just sets us free in a way that it doesn't cause us to have to swallow up all of that hurt. Yeah. Or, you know, say that things are mended and they were right. But the truth is we we can come into agreement with scripture and agree with him that they are forgiven. Well, it's interesting you focus on that unforgiveness because that that was a big part for me. And then I realized, I I will say, because... Obviously, I'm completely honest, put myself out here on this podcast. We've talked a lot about my personal history on here and and everything. When when I uh, came to you, when I had my first meeting, that was hard. I will say it was hard to hear some of the things and even not necessarily um, because you weren't telling me anything. I didn't know, but it was questions. So <laughs> questions, when you get at, when people ask you these questions and you have no clue how to answer it or no clue, like you haven't even thought of that, you know, that just blew my mind. And I will say, like, it was so hard. It was very, very hard because I lost track of how many times we met. But there was even one of the times and my husband was with us each time, too, that I mean, you'll recall it, it was ugly. It was very ugly. It was me hollering and crying and upset at everybody and just frustrated. And it was ugly. It was very ugly. But sometimes we have to do that because it's raw and real and it helps us get to the point because one of the things that I didn't realize that I had been dealing with and it stems from the it's my fault it's my fault right was that I felt like hey I forgave all these people and I'm really not holding anything against them and I'm not you know I'm not holding on I'm not harboring ill feelings towards any of these people but I had not forgiven myself at all and I couldn't even, I remember crying out to um, uh, my father-in-law and he was like, you're just going to have to do it. And I'm like, how? I don't know how to. I can't, you know, and I was so frustrated and just trying to figure this thing out. Like, how in the world do I forgive myself? And it it was, it took a lot of prayer and a lot of studying and discussion and ugly raw stuff going to the lord being severely raw like a mess on the floor <laughs> raw like awful for him to finally show me that 
he had never said I was a failure. I Mm -hmm. never have to do anything to prove myself to him. I am not Mm -hmm. trying to be perfect for him or to just show that it's, it's, if it's my fault, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Right. Uh It finally took, and it just hit me one day where I was just like, whoa, wait a second. Wait, I've been stuck in this mindset for so long because I have been believing lies for so long about myself. And I hadn't ever looked at that true identity piece of, okay, how does the Lord see me? Who does he say that I am? And that changed everything. Yes. That's one of the most powerful questions that I even ask patients when they tell me things like this about themselves. I simply ask them, who told you that? Who told you that you were blah, blah, blah. And it does make you pause and think, I don't know. When did I start believing that? Because the truth is, if the father didn't tell you that, (laughs) then you've believed a lie. Yep. And that's typically one of the first questions that I lay out. And I do think that questions are the most powerful way because it becomes their revelation. I mean, I can sit in a room with a patient and tell them these truths all day, but I think that we would all agree that any life changing thing has come through revelation in communion with him. So if I just ask questions that lead them to then ask him questions He's always faithful to answer. I mean, it's his great pleasure to commune with us and answer our questions and heal our wrong thoughts about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, man, questions are a great way. (laughs) But it's hard because you do leave. I know that I know for myself when I first experienced all of these things, similar to how you felt when you left Dr. Ben's office that day. It's like, well, how? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I know you're saying these things, but how? What do I need to do? And that's the beauty of an ongoing relationship because there is someone there to ask those questions and continue to point you. It's really just planting seeds and those seeds eventually will come to harvest. And you just have to be fertile ground. Yes. Yeah. And getting to that point where you're willing to, to learn and change your thinking and, and grow in your understanding. I love, um, uh, well, you're aware of this pastor, but the pastor that I, I love to listen to Dan Moeller, he has changed not only my life, but my whole family's life and, and people out from it because, at the same time, um, while coming to Dr. Ben, we had just started listening to him. And so many, so they just resonated so much with my heart, just that this is the truth that I even came to Dr. Ben. Hey, are you listening to this guy? Because the stuff coming out of your mouth is the same <laughs> as this guy. <laughs> like, like I just, and he's not a doctor like you, but he's just, and he's like, well, I think we're listening to the same God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. You're definitely listening to the same Holy Spirit for sure. 
Um, but it was, it was amazing because I feel like God just did that in my life because I needed some confirmations. Um, and they just, when you hear the truth, you know it. I mean, it just resonates Mm -hmm. with you, Mm -hmm. even if it's contrary to this line of thinking that you've been stuck in, your heart still knows that that's the truth. And it has just changed my life. And the, one of the things that he talks about that, I think is so powerful because like you said, you could, you could identify things and you could tell somebody, um, but it doesn't matter that you can identify it and you can say it until they can identify and they can speak what it is. Yes. Yes. So one of the examples he gives is, is like the difference between um, knowing somebody and having a relationship with somebody. So the difference between knowing of somebody or knowing about somebody, right. And, So, you know, for you, let's say, you know, if you and I never have a sit down conversation, but I know of you, I know where you work. I know a little bit about you because it's on the website. I know, you know, I've met you in person once or twice and we said hi. And so, you know, I could say, sure, I know Nicole. Right. But if we never sit down and have a conversation and we never ask questions of each other and get to know each other, then I don't actually know you. I only know Mm -hmm. of you. Right. And we do that. Like so much of religion is that it is knowing of God. It is, if you just read the Bible, then you know about God and you know of him, but you don't necessarily know him because that Mm -hmm. relationship has not been there. And it's, it's, a game changer. And I've even been talking to my, my children about that because I can tell you and I can tell you and I can tell you that I love you. And I can tell you the Lord loves you, but until you feel by my actions and everything else that I love you, you don't fully understand my love. Mm -hmm. So it's just that I feel like, and, 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 you know, this is a trauma mama's podcast. So we talk a lot to moms who are, have had, you know, horrific things happen or these traumas that they've, they've been trying to heal from and, or have great testimonies of healing from and how we get stuck in those. And so my goal here is to work on that healing process and getting out of that. My friend used to call it that stinking thinking. That those lies, (laughs) those things that you have decided to agree with, that the enemy has spoke to you, to you, and you have agreed with, you have to get out of those lies and you have to start, even if it's out loud, just proclaiming the truth. What is the truth? Yes. And thanking him for it, you know, not just rotely proclaiming things over yourself. It's a, it's a communing with him. And I would really encourage anyone listening right now. We talked a lot about truth resonating in your spirit. And that's so true. There's so many times that my spirit resonated with something that I found offensive. And I always tell people truth is offensive to the religious spirit. Yep. And a lot of people where religion as a badge of honor but the truth is the pharisees were religious Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i don't want to be a pharisee 
And so if you find yourself having grown up in, you know, an organized religion, I'm not saying that's always a terrible thing, but there could be a religious spirit in you that becomes offended when you hear something that is truth, but there is going to be a part of your spirit that it resonates with and almost keeps you coming back Mm -hmm. because the truth is just so powerful. But if you find yourself hearing something either in this podcast today or any of her other podcasts that you just find offensive, question that. Why am I offended by that? Why is that offensive? What is in me that is causing me to be offended by that? Because a lot of times it is a strong root of religion that maybe should be uprooted if it's not the truth. If it's not rooted in truth, it could be something that should be uprooted. And so I always encourage people to do that. Something that I learned early on. If there is an offense, it's something I need to look at in me. What's causing that? Mm-hmm. Well, and that questioning, I think, is is awesome to do. And it's just, it's, you know, we talk about, you know, renewing our mind and being transformed. And that renewing of our mind is stopping when we have these thoughts and these things that come in that we pause and stop. And wait, where did that come from? Is that mm-hmm. the truth? Um, cause if it's not the truth, it needs to get out of here. <laughs> it needs yeah. to go away. <laughs> and, and instead, you know, just reside in the truth and no longer allow yourself to believe those lies. And it takes practice. It's not something that just overnight, you're just, you're just, oh, now I can just completely reside in the truth all the time because we've gotten so used to our, our human bodies, um, love whenever we get stuck in our habits and, or maybe my, my wording really is that we love habits (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we get stuck in those habits. And, um, to, in order to change those habits, we have to work extra hard. It's much harder to break a habit and make a new one, um, than it is to just start one. So learning how to recognize whenever, you have a thought that comes into your head that you need to question um, is really important to do, to just pause for a moment, stop and say, okay, wait a second. Okay. Would my heavenly father have said that about me? Mm-hmm. Or even would I say that to my child? Yes. Whew, if but that, that was- is one of the first things that we ask is what and this is really actually a a pretty sad thing to get an answer from most people i've asked before what would god say about you and most people think god's mad at them yeah and that is a terrible way to view god he's not mad at you (laughs) he's not mad at you. There's nothing you can do to make him mad at you. There's nothing that you can do to make him love you more. Like he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Well, that goes back to the fear mindset that we talked about. When you come to him out of fear, then that drives your whole line of 
thinking towards him. Yes. So you absolutely get stuck in that mindset. Well, he's mad at me or I'm not good enough for him or I can never do it, you know, well or any of that type of mindset. And it Mm -hmm. is detrimental to our relationship with him. Yes. Because he's going to love us no matter what. But he wants to have a beautiful relationship with you. Mm -hmm. And he wants us to be, like you said, thanking him all the time for those things. And he wants you to be coming to him about things that you have problems or questions and anything like that. He wants us to be communing daily with him and, and, you know, minute by minute um, Mm -hmm. as as time goes and... And all those things are what he desires, but he wants this relationship with us. But we so often get in the way of allowing that relationship to really blossom and grow into this beautiful thing that really sets us free from this fleshly disease and mindsets that we have. Yes, I agree. So that speaking the truth, I just I, I want to reiterate that because it, it is it is so important to set yourself free. I mean, I'm, you know, scripture tells us that, you know, you if you will know the truth, the truth will set you free. And how many times does he say, I am the truth? Mm-hmm. So we have to be rooted in the truth in order to be freed from those things. And I I just want to share and testify to everyone out there that I have been completely freed of my tick disease. I say my tick disease. I don't even want to want to say my tick disease. I've been freed of the tick disease that had been on my body for so long. Um, six years to the day. And mm. I was set free from it. And it was by the truth. That is the only thing. It wasn't a certain diet. It wasn't a certain prayer that somebody said over me. It wasn't a a supplement that Dr. Ben put me on or anything like that. It was not that. It was simply the truth. Yes. And knowing who I am in Christ was such a paramount aspect of that. And truly understanding his desire to have a relationship with us and talking with him daily and not talking. I I was in that fear mindset. I had Mm -hmm. that fear mindset about all, all the times about things about the Lord. Even when I would talk about the Lord's love, I would still be in that fear mindset because the scripture that always said, um, and the only thing we should fear is to displease the Lord. That always Mm -hmm. came up into my mind. And so, okay, I'm, I'm the Lord loves me, but I don't need to displease him. So I'm still was stuck in in the fear mindset, and I am so thankful to be completely free of that mindset that I just feel like I'll float away. (laughs) 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 It's really hard to to not not be testifying every single place I go and every single person I talk to, and those who don't know me even just be like, "Hey, you don't understand." Like I I've was so ill and had this terrible disease, but the Lord's completely freed me of it completely. Mm -hmm. I can eat and enjoy any type of food or drink or anything and 
nothing happens. Amen. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. how we'll overcome is by the, you know, our testimonies and you sharing your testimony is planting seeds for others to overcome as well. So I'm just so proud that you're sharing it. Oh, me too. I'm so thankful that I have a, a, a platform and, and that the Lord is just showing me to be confident in him. Um, yes. if, if it's, if nothing's about me, then why in the world would I hesitate not to share with somebody? I mean, I mean, if it's not about me, then I'm not going to have any qualms about it. I'm going to be ready to share and testify because who knows who it could speak to. And like you said, plant mm -hmm. that seed. Um, cause I understand that sometimes you're not ready to hear those things. Like you said, sometimes you're just going to be offended. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You're going to hear those things and you're going to be offended in your spirit and you may not even understand why and question it. I was offended numerous times. Um, I can't even tell you how many times by just some of the truths that was spoke to me and I had to sit with it and I had to really talk to the Lord about it and really look at, do I want to be better? Mm -hmm. or do I want to stay in this illness or do I want to stay in this trauma mindset? Um, mm -hmm. Because staying in that trauma mindset isn't going to get you anywhere. No. And just guilt. like you said, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, It's uncomfortable to think about getting out of it. And that's one of the questions that we ask is, do you want to be well? And that seems like a silly question to ask someone because our first thought is, well, of course people want to be well. Mm -hmm. But if they really sit down and mull over that question, has their thought process aligned with wanting to be well? You know, like, are you really ready to give up? All that is with that because it's uncomfortable. It's not comfortable walking. In. I'm sure you can testify to this. It's not comfortable walking into an office with someone you don't know and laying yourself out there. I mean, being so vulnerable, like the most horrific things that could have happened in your life. But it is beauty for mashes. Mm -hmm. If you really lean into it, his goal is for you to be free. Like his son was whipped and beaten and died on a cross so that we could all experience this. And I think that we have really diminished that to when you ask, what did you gain in salvation? Most of us just think we gained heaven or we gained forgiveness of sins. But there's so much more. We're redeemed from the curse, the entire curse. And if you don't know what the curse was, you don't know what you're redeemed from. Mm -hmm. But there's so much that we've been redeemed from that we're not even walking in that freedom because we don't know. We've let the enemy lie to us and we've believed him for so long. Yep. That's exactly it. And we've, we've allowed ourselves to just be okay with that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> instead of wanting better. Cause if we really recognize what he told us and that, that we are being restored back to our rightful place as sons and daughters of his right beside Christ, that's what scripture tells us. Um, and that we're abiding in Christ and he's in us. And then we're walking as he walked. 
And that's, mm-hmm. that's not blasphemy. That's scripture. No. That's saying we have authority as Christ has authority. And we don't grasp that. And we don't walk in that. And I'm telling no. you what, whew, I've been able to start walking in that some, and it has been amazing. <laughs> yes, it is. The scripture says, as he is, so are we in this life. Mm-hmm. Not when we get to heaven. In this life. And we've just been so. Well, we watered it down to a ticket to heaven. Yes. We've yes. we've so watered it down to just, okay, did you get your ticket to heaven? Did you get your ticket to heaven? Okay, good. You've got your ticket to heaven. So we're good. And yes. it is, that's not what he intended. While yes, okay, we'll get to go to heaven. Do you understand why? Do you understand what that means? It's talking about being in communion with the Lord. It's talking about being one with him again, to not have something in between us, to not have um, a, a a block, to not have something that I have to go before. I mean, yes, Christ was our mediator, but now I can go straight to the father. Mm-hmm. I get to go to him all the time. And he gets to his viewpoint of me is so important. That identity is so important for me to understand because he mm-hmm. used me as a child that he loves dearly so that much. That he's delighted in. Yes. <laughs> yes. He has joy in me. He He's thankful to get to commune with me. Yes. I, I think that's just, it. it's a complete mind shift of just that, that walking in the truth and walking out that authority that he's given us and being able to walk in love in everything, including in how we view and love ourselves. Yes, I agree completely. And it's life changing. (laughs) Yeah, you can say that again. It sure (laughs) is. It is. I will speak to what you said too, like asking that question, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be freed from this? That's extremely important because I admitted not too long ago, I don't think that I believed fully that I would ever get free of it Mm -hmm. until it happened. It is something that you can um, ask for. It feels almost like that's, that's a little too much. Could you just let me, you know, like how I was content with, oh, I can at least eat these foods now. So I I'm content with, okay, he healed uh-huh. me that much. That's, I don't need to settle. That's not what he tells us. He, he says to, to, that he wants to grant us all things and that, that he doesn't just love us a little. He loves us to the ends of the earth, right? He loves us so much that, that he died for us. Right. Um, it's, it's all in he's, He's all in too. Like we talked about, you know, I'm all in once I make a decision. He's all in too. He's not picking or choosing, well, only this for you and only this for me. And only it's, that's not, that's again, that skewed view that we Mm -hmm. have of our heavenly father. Mm -hmm. He's no respecter of persons. So anything that he does for you, he will also do for me. Anything he does for me, he will also do for you. And we've categorized like, uh, especially Paul and all of the, you know, super saints. Oh, yeah. (laughs) People categorize them 
as well that was paul well no he's no respecter of persons so anything he did for paul he'll do for you you're on the same level as paul yep like let's stop categorizing ourselves into what we deserve or what we've been good enough for and just realize that we're all on a level playing field we're the ones that create these categories not him yep exactly well the same with denominations I believe like that's something that's really struck me lately is I completely believe denominations are a work of the enemy yes. um they're they're not from the Lord he didn't intend for us to be divided we are supposed to be one together and we did that um in our own mindset so we're the ones that decide that this person oh well they they I think they do it right so they're they're for sure know the Lord and this people nah, they don't quite do it right so I don't know about them you know um, uh -huh. we've done that and we do that to each other all the time as a group, as this corporate group and as individuals. And that is not, um, the intention of our father. That is not how he views us at all. And our mindset has got to shift to his viewpoint instead of our mm -hmm. viewpoint. Yes. And then that was actually part of a Bible study that I was in recently, which was really powerful to me, even though I feel like I've shocked a whole lot of things that are sur that surround this very subject. He said that we basically get to know someone, we ask them questions so that we can decide how we're going to treat them. <laughs> and I thought we do that, you know, like, are you a homosexual? Because then I'm going to categorize you. I'm going to decide how I'm going to treat you or are you this? Are you that? And because we do that, that forces us to think that that's what God does too. Sure. And nothing could be further from this truth. So it really has me thinking, you know, about myself. Do I don't ever want to decide how I'm going to treat someone based off of their lifestyle or their decisions that they've made. Um, because we, I think we would all say we know that sin's not categorized, mm -hmm. but we do it. <laughs> so we tend to think that it is done. Um, and we focus on sin way too much, oh, uh, wait, sin wait, management. Wait. <laughs> so we're supposed to be focusing on what we are to do and not what we're not to do. So right. if we focus on this is what I want, I see that the Lord has shown me my walk is to look like, or this is that quite go, Let's go back to that question. Who did God create you to be? Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's a very profound question. And I think it's amazing because I've heard Dr. Ben say it on other things. And I remember it struck me because that's exactly what the Lord told me. And I was like, this obviously is a big question, right? Um, so, who did God create you to be just taking and doing that work to think about that and to talk with him about it, to figure out because each of us comes from complete different skewed human backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And somehow we've gotten to the place we're at. And mm -hmm. we have so many different experiences and different things that have happened that have skewed our decision making and got us to this point of where we are, that we have to stop and take a deep dive at that and look and try to figure out, okay, what's the truth? Where do I need to be? 
who did God truly create me to be? And then when you figure that out, walking in that is amazing. It is so joy-filled and fulfilling that it it will blow your mind. Yes. And most of us have fruit of that our whole life because he put that in us. It's just being distorted by the fruit of us believing um, something else. So for example, he calls me compassion. That's who I really am. That's, and I would say that a lot of people probably have seen that on me my whole life, but I wasn't fully walking free in it because I was trying to be the best so that I didn't have to be never good enough. Mm. Um, but once you know who you are and you're just operating in that, allowing him to flow through you as a fountain, we should be a fountain. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's not me. I, I want to even say this right now. It's not me that helps anyone. I can't help anyone, but I have submitted myself as a willing vessel to allow him to speak to someone through me if that's what needs to happen. And when you get rid of the junk and allow yourself to be that and know that I don't have any pressure to make someone better or to get someone free because it's not my job. I can't, I can't do that. But he can, and he knows their story, and he knows exactly what they need. And it's seed and harvest. Yep, exactly. So any mamas out there who are struggling or listening to the podcast right now that have been dealing with maybe these past lies that you've been stuck in or this trauma that you've experienced that you can't seem to get out of because I know how it is to get stuck in it like you just can't you focus on it so much because it comes up because it could be like in my for my example like I'm still in pain every day right and so every day I was in pain so every day that reminder um is, is making that trauma come up again right that event that was so traumatic and so I got stuck in thinking about that how many times a day You Mm -hmm. don't have to be stuck in that thinking. Do the work. I'm telling you right now, it is worth the work to stop and think and get to know yourself and to question what comes into your head and ask yourself, is that a lie or is that the truth? Would, Uh Would my heavenly father who loves me beyond measure, would he say those things to me? And even for you moms out there, would you say that to your child? Would you look your sweet little child in the face and say the things that you're saying to yourself? Because Mm -hmm. you'll know most of the time it's no. No, I would not have said those things. So why in the world are you saying them to yourself? Mm -hmm. I agree. So I'm That's giving you really guys a challenge to renew your mind. Take your yes. thoughts captive. Yes. Take, take those thoughts captive and cast out those ones that do not align with the truth because mm-hmm. they're not going to help you heal and they're not going to help you get free from those things that are tying you down because there is freedom. And I am looking forward to hearing the stories of you other moms out there of how the Lord has healed you and freed you from um, these different traumas. 
And I really thank you for everyone who's listening. If you've taken the time, um, I know I went in pretty depth on on my story lately, but I've I've really been kind of bursting and waiting to share with everybody of of what the Lord's been doing in my life and and how the healing has been happening. And I'm fully expectant to complete body healing. Um, I know that's going to happen. It's just not there yet, but I have complete food healing and I'm just extremely thankful for that and extremely thankful, Nicole, for the work that you do and um, everyone there at Veritas does. And because speaking truth um, into people's lives is just so important. Mm -hmm. And coming alongside that compassion that you talked about, I completely agree with that because you have to, in order to speak truth for somebody to hear it, you have to speak it compassionately. Uh-huh. And they have to know that it's coming from a place of love and that you truly are wanting to help them to understand and see how God sees them and, you know, really identify who God created them to be and that amazing, beautiful creature that is going to come forth eventually out of that is is so wonderful and look forward to getting to know that person and seeing like I look forward to I have no clue what the Lord all has in store but I look forward to it every day now and thank him every few moments it seems just for for the transformation that he's done in my my life it's not because he healed me so yay the Lord's amazing because he healed me from this thing I want to clarify that that is not that is not my mindset and that is that is not what i'm saying on here i am thankful that he has healed me from that but it was just a byproduct of the transformation that he has been doing in my life helping me to see the truth and to stay rooted in the truth and to walk out um this walk of confidence and authority in him mhm Well, I love hearing your story. And again, I'm so glad that you're sharing it. And I'll continue going forward to listening to the podcast because I look forward to hearing some of your listeners' story of freedom. Um, It's just great to see believers step into who God's called them to be and walk in that. And the freedom's just so wonderful. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I look forward to hearing many more stories about how God's just uh, shown these beautiful women that who they really are created to be and how they get to walk that out in their life and let those chains of trauma and different incidences of things that have happened to you or even that you've done that you can let those go that those chains can be dropped you can be set free from it and you have such joy and beautiful light ahead of you that I look forward to hearing those stories so if you'd like to reach out and share your story maybe you already have one I would love for you to reach out you can email me at healing trauma mamas at gmail dot com and nicole where can they find you at um they can reach me personally my email is in as in nicole powell p-o-w-e-l-l 1984 at yahoo.com 
Great. And if you want to check out Veritas, that's uh, veritasmedical.com, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. That's our website for Veritas. You're welcome to check them out. And I'll make sure to uh, link um, each of those in the show notes for our listeners. So thanks again for coming on the podcast today, Nicole. Yes, it was a joy. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. May you be encouraged and strengthened by what you've heard today. Remember, you are dearly loved by your creator. So be who he created you to be. May you go in peace, friends. Till next time. Shalom. Shalom.